everyone, welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. How's it going, Michelle? Uh, good. I have been enjoying these classic daiquiris yes. a lot. The, they're non-frozen, right? Yeah, yeah, they're not like the word up frozen concoction that you normally get. These are, well, as I have found out, anytime you go with a classic drink, mm-hmm. they're all liquor and then something else. Right, And right. so this is... No exception. So it's, oh my God. Oh, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry already. Uh, So it is lime, simple syrup, and rum. And that is all that goes into it. And it's about one part lime juice, Mm -hmm. one part simple syrup to two parts of rum. They're very refreshing. They are very refreshing. This is like perfect summer afternoon drinking. Like, absolutely it's a beautiful day today so the sunshine is out mm-hmm. oh it's lovely it is lovely we're drinking these amazing daiquiris it's morning still but <laughs> for you guys this is what we do we make the sacrifice <laughs> that's exactly right we're not drinking bloody mary's this morning from the bloody mary's to this we needed a little bit of sweetness yeah i think we needed a little little something to wash the taste of that crinkle cut fries yeah terrible <laughs> terrible <laughs> How are you doing, Caitlin? I feel like I never actually asked. Really nice of you. I know. I don't think, I think this is the first time I've ever asked how you're doing. (laughs) 90 some episodes in. I know. What a (laughs) B. No, I'm doing well. Everything is really good. Um, As you know, I texted you, but I (laughs) went to Vegas with Nick and I had to go to the hospital because I had a kidney stone. So it was not the greatest but all of our uh, winnings went toward that emergency room bill. i did so well gambling but yeah all of that <laughs> went to the hospital bills to be treated <laughs> i think it was a give and take type thing the universe like good job gambling and they're like you gambled go to the hospital <laughs> yeah. so, pay all your winnings exactly and it was exactly all my winnings <laughs> which was so weird so how are you doing michelle <laughs> i'm not gonna answer that <laughs> Nah, nah. I felt like I had to ask. It just occurred to me that I never do. (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate that. My stone cold bee. Whatever. I don't think I've asked you. Oh, Oh, you've always asked me. (laughs) You've asked me three times now. (laughs) Oh, Oh, just kidding. All right, we better jump in quick before we get any. Oh, nice. Take a Mm -hmm. party swig Mm -hmm. before we head off. That's right. Uh, Michelle. Oh. I know you're not really on social media. That's true. That's true. Um, but have you heard of viral challenges? Yes, I want to kill myself. <laughs> I'm not eating a goddamn Tide Pod, or am I having an ice bucket on me? Okay, I'll tell you okay. that right now. Have I done any of them? No. Which is it's probably good. I did do the ice bucket challenge, mm-hmm. actually. Actually, uh, I think a lot of people. I mean, that it was, was for like charity. A big one. Yeah, but was it for charity? Like, did mm-hmm. money actually go? To charity in that so. case. So, I'm sure some people did. Maybe. I shouldn't say that. I apologize. Continue. <laughs> so I actually have several short stories of different viral challenges that went not, not the so greatest. <laughs> Do you know my very favorite one? What? Actually, I don't even know if it's a challenge or not. Of when people have to like put an entire teaspoon of cinnamon mm-hmm. in their mouth and then it's like this giant puff that's very dangerous it is super dangerous and then they're inhaling cinnamon yeah well i'm gonna name the challenges i want you to guess what they are (laughs) this is the best day ever okay okay 
No, it's sad. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I'm serious now. The first story is about Skylar Fish. He is 14 years old, and this is January 16th, 2016. Okay. It's okay. my sister's birthday, actually. Oh. I know. I did not know that. So Skylar participated in the Duck Cape Challenge. What do you think that is? Um, is it okay? Is it maybe sticking duct tape on some part of your body, like your arm, and then ripping it off and see if like hair comes off or something along those lines? Kind of. Like no, not at all. This was a trend on YouTube where people duct tape people to poles or just around their whole body, and the person oh, I should have guessed that, <laughs> and they had to break free. So Skylar actually has done this challenge before, so. He, they were going to do it again. Oh, so it was like, no big deal. So Skylar and his friends decided to do it, and Skylar was the one that's going to be duct tape. Okay. So they taped him up, just him standing, so he was covered in duct tape, and then he started to try to break free. But that's when Skylar lost his footing and fell, and since he's <gasps> duct taped, he couldn't catch himself. But what he ended up falling into was the corner of a window frame... <gasps> which crushed his left eye socket and cheek. Oh, oh, that's like the worst news. I thought you were going to say his foot. No. No. Then he fell back and smashed his head onto the concrete. Oh, my God. This caused him to have a brain aneurysm. <gasps> what? Mm-hmm. Okay, so can we back up a little bit? Yeah. So I was imagining him tied up to a pole, but clearly he's not. No, he's this just is just to himself. Yeah. around, like, mummy style yeah. on himself. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and then... So he's struggling to break through, break free, excuse me, and then he sort of stumbles mm-hmm. and falls. He his arms are obviously duct taped together. Exactly. He can't break his fall. He hits his face. Yep. And then obvi- and then hits his head later. Yep. Oh my god, what a nightmare. Okay. Right. So his friends called nine one one and they rushed him to the hospital. And then his friends ran to his mom's house and told him what happened. So he's already on the hospital and his mom <laughs> just oh, finds this out. That would be like. So scary. Right? So he received 48 stitches, and then he lost vision in his left eye. Oh, my gosh. He states, I'm just actually really lucky to be alive. When I think about it, I become sad and then really happy because I'm happy because I survived it. I almost died. Skyler and his mother wants to warn other kids about these challenges because they could be... They're dangerous as hell. Well, they can have deadly consequences. Yes, they can have deadly consequences. Like, it sounds innocent, like, duct tape yourself and try to break free, but, you know. I remember one time when I was working at the warehouse, and we used to have these book carts that were sort of V carts. I'm sure you remember, Caitlin, very well what these carts are like. (laughs) Um, And they would hold a stack of, like, 50 books really well. Mm -hmm. And so I had a whole crew of teenagers one summer... And one of them decided, well, it was a whole group of friends that Mm -hmm. decided to uh, shrink wrap uh, one of the kids Uh to one of these freaking carts. carts. Thank you. I know words. And so they're zooming all over with him completely packed in in the shrink wrap, like from pretty much his neck all the way down to his feet Uh and completely like on this cart and I was like what the hell so I catch him doing this they're like off in the stacks or whatever mm-hmm. and I was like get him out of there yeah. and then trying to get him out one of them slices open his palm <gasps> and so it ended up being this huge like workman comp thing right. that it was like you are just being stupid yeah. and annoying and now here we go now we have a real injury yeah. on our hands yeah he sliced his palm with a box cutter like <gasps> hard it oh was my a gosh i think he ended up with stitches 
Ugh. So I was so frustrated. I was like, I'm never hiring teenagers again. <laughs> that ended up not being the case. Right. But at the time, I was adamant. Well, luckily, he survived and he learned a lesson. That's good. And uh, I just feel so bad. But the next one is okay. about Rebecca. All right. She is 14 years old and it's 2020 on Memorial Day. And she sees this on TikTok and it's called the Benadryl Challenge. Oh, no. This what do you think that show. is? Do you just, like, take as many Benadryls as you can and try to stay awake, or? That's a good guess. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, so this trend is if you take a dozen or more. Of oh, the... my God. I can't even. I cannot even. If you take a dozen or more of the Benadryl pills, they say that you will get high and hallucinate. Probably. And... <laughs> I mean, like an overdose. be good for you. So Rebecca wanted to try it and took 14 pills in the middle of the night. Like, isn't that like suicide? I mean, that's what it seems like to me. Well, it's on TikTok. It's a challenge. Oh, that should not be a challenge. Right? That should not be a challenge. So Rebecca took it, and after a while, she went into her older sister's room, waking her up. Her sister freaks out because Rebecca is totally out of it, and she has fractured sentences and saying she's having hallucinations. So, oh, so she's effed up. The yeah. challenge won, yeah. or whatever. Exactly, but gone. she was terrified. Like, I'm sure, feeling yeah. that way. Ugh. Well, and you've got to be feeling super sluggish and weird because, I mean, they use Benadryl in hospitals as a sleep aid. No, exactly. I mean, it's yeah, when I have sleep. yeah, when I have really bad allergies and I can't sleep, I will take a Benadryl. Just one yeah, will knock done. me out. Yep. Yeah. So her sister actually calls her grandma to maybe try to avoid getting in trouble with the parents. Delightful. I know, right? Uh, that's I've a done sister. that. <laughs> I was going to say that sounds like something my sister would do or your sister. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, so her grandma actually calls, her grandmother actually calls Rebecca's mom, Katie, and tells her she needs to wake up and go see her daughter. Oh, so, there's something not good happening yeah. down Katie the hall. Katie checks Rebecca, and her resting heart rate is 199 beats <gasps> per hour. Like, her oh, heart is racing. Yeah. She rushes her to the hospital, and they actually transport her to the Cook Children's Hospital. Doctors perform an EKG, mm. and they didn't like the results, so they kept her overnight to... Just to keep an eye out to on To be her. observed, Make yeah. sure her heart doesn't explode out of her chest. Pretty much, yes. So Rebecca's heart rate actually went back to normal, and she was able to go home the next day. I'm surprised. I know, right? She was lucky because too much depahydromine... Dep- Diphenylhydrolamine. Okay. Diphenhydrol... Ugh. Sorry, guys. But too much of Benadryl <laughs> can cause high heart rate. Is this like the active ingredient in Benadryl? Yeah, pretty much. Um, hallucinations, seizures, uh, even cause catheter to drain the urine of the bladder due to not being able to urinate. Oh and also gosh. death. And also trigger arrhythmias. Arrhythmias. Ugh. It's like um, when your heart starts, I think, mm-hmm. you know, when like... You'll, your heart's just going, going, and then all of a sudden it'll start racing. Uh-huh. That is an arrhythmia. Oh, I see, and I then see. It, that is my understanding, yeah. anyway. And then it'll kind of, usually it only lasts, like, for a few seconds for most people. Uh-huh. But some people can be quite a problem mm. where they just are constantly having this racing heart. My understanding is, though, that if you bear down like you have to poop, sorry about this, <laughs> that it'll stop the arrhythmia. It'll sort of, like... Oh, it like triggers your heart to go back to normal somehow. When you have to poop? When you bear down like oh. you're pooping. So interesting. Anyway, 
That's I've not fact. had this. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so the crazy thing is that Rebecca was one out of three teens that went to Cook's Children's Hospital for this trend, <gasps> oh. for this challenge. So they probably saw her and they're like, oh my God, more Benadryl, bring her in. Yeah, probably. Oh my God. That is so dangerous. I know. I would never even take like 14 Advil, let alone 14 of anything else. I mean, oh my gosh. Well, the thing is, I think, well, with these trends, people see other people doing it and they're fine. So it's it's like, like, I will be fine too. No, no. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And are, did they even do it? I mean, right. And are they fine? Right. You know. That's a dangerous thing. Like, why people would put that on the yeah, internet? Yeah, they're probably you having know. seizures off camera. Yeah. Oh, Ugh. God. Okay, sorry. Katie states, which is her mom, as a parent, you worry about drugs, and you know the signs for drug use. I never thought about having to lock up my allergy medicine. I just want other parents to know about this because it's dangerous, and I had no idea. And I'm angry. These people are essentially prescribing medication without a medical degree, and our kids are trusting them. Yeah. Yeah, they're just trusting what they see online, which is very dangerous because a lot of shit online is not true. Yeah, not true and not safe. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, all these challenges I just find so really... I'm, I think back to my teenage years, uh-huh. and thank God I did not have social media. Me too! I mean, I would have probably been in so much more peril yeah I was already i already made poor choices yeah. i already did stupid stuff and to have even ugh, i just could have seen myself falling into it or getting bullied to yeah. the point where i was super upset or oh well that's the thing is like i have i'm sure i have like a, i have like two youtube videos like because that was when i was like in senior in high school when YouTube was a thing. Mm. And now I'm just like, I'm so glad that wasn't like relevant when I was in middle school or oh, anything I like know. that. Like social media is really difficult. So I don't know. Everything yeah. it's forever online. Forever. I know. Oh. And it's hard to even fathom that when you're fourteen. You yeah. Know? I mean you're still a child. Yeah. Or you know, all these fourteen year olds are like, Fuck you, I'm not a child. But you are. You are. <laughs> No, I look back and I'm like, I had no business living in an apartment by myself at 18. Like, I don't... I know, you lived in my house, I think, before that. Yeah, I did, yeah, and... But you nailed it. Thank. Well, it was actually my sister who invited me over, like, almost every day for dinner, because I never made anything. I would just snack. I was my skinniest, (laughs) but... uh, um... Oh, Caitlin, I love you so much. (laughs) All right, continue on. The next story... Uh, well, okay, of course, Rebecca is okay and, you know, definitely has learned about, about yeah, absolutely. So, this one is January of 2020 and we are in Oregon. Hello, Oregon. Olivia Ross is 17 years old and a junior at Mountainside High School. And she's taking a college readiness class overseen by a substitute teacher this day. Okay, okay. And what she does not know is that she's about to be a part of the Skull Breaker Challenge. Skull Breaker Challenge? Yeah. Do you know what that... I can't even fucking fathom it. Like, it doesn't sound good. Mm -hmm. Do you have to, like, hit your head against a wall or something? So, a group of upperclassmen... Oh, God, I don't feel good about this at all. ...asked her if she wanted to be in their TikTok. Hashtag no. (laughs) (laughs) Olivia... A user of TikTok as well, she said, yeah, of course, because, you know, they're yeah. upperclassmen and... I probably would have said yes, too. Yeah. Am I kidding? 
Especially if one of them was good looking. Mm, <laughs> think of my upperclassmen. Okay, come back, right, Michelle. Yes. Come back. <laughs> they told her to stand up and jump as high as she could. She thought they were all going to jump, but when she jumped in midair, they kicked her legs from behind <gasps> her, causing her to fall backward and landing headfirst on the classroom floor. Oh my god, okay. So we all know I was on a jury yeah. recently. <laughs> oh, that's right. And that is literally what happened to this poor woman. Oh. Is she, it was two patients. Did I talk about this already? You did. Well, not on... Not the on the podcast. I've talked to you about it. But is, anyway, yeah, I can. They said I could say it on social media. Oh, wow. Yeah. They were like, you can talk about it as much as you want now that it's over. So anyway, what happened? It was two patients at our state mental hospital. Mm-hmm. And one was aggravated over some reason. And the other one made sort of a sassy comment at the one, the man who was aggravated. And he went after her and uh-huh. he tackled her and punched her in the face numerous times. But what really did the damage was the tackle because she hit the back of her head and oh, she ended up right. having all these subdural hematomas in her brain hemisphere, like went off kilter, <gasps> like her brain moved over four oh. millimeters off center because she had this other bruise that was pushing down on her brain so uh-huh. much and caused all kinds of brain damage that she wasn't even aware of. Like wow. she, you know, she got put on the sand and mm-hmm. she wasn't even cognizant of any of her terrible injuries and so and then they had a doctor on and they're like she's got this she's got this she's got this she's got this i mean even small things like dropping objects all the time uh-huh. is a function of your brain and wow anyway my point is a hit on the back of the head is dangerous be very very right. dangerous so i apologize so no. i'm already like upset for her <laughs> right in a very real way so Olivia had no idea about this challenge and was unaware that her legs were going to be kicked out oh, from her. God. I'm so upset for like I'm having a very emotional reaction oh, to no. this story. So apparently they like the other kids said they staged someone behind her to catch her, but uh-huh. of course that didn't happen. So yeah, so they're liars. Yeah, pretty much. The students also said that everyone talked about it and Olivia knew what was coming. Mm. I mean, I'm sorry. I would not agree. Yeah, please kick my Yeah, so I can fall on my back and hit my head super hard. Yeah, who would agree to that? Olivia blacked out when she hit the floor. Mm. And she actually has type 1 diabetes and her blood sugar skyrocketed as well. Oh, that's interesting. I know, right? So when she came to, she had a headache and was dizzy. She went to the school's nurse and calls her parents and tell them what happened. Okay, did anyone assist her at this point? Or are they like, oh, that bitch blacked out. Take off, run. I think this blackout, you know how you pass out? Sometimes you, like, come straight to. Mm. Like, you hit the floor, you black out, you come That's never happened to me once. I blacked out once during softball. I had a collision. And I swear I I blacked out because I don't remember hitting the ground. But then I woke up. But I guess it was, like, two seconds. Yeah, it was... Two okay. seconds. I was like, interesting. All right. Interesting isn't quite the word we need. Devastating. <laughs> well, maybe yeah, is that's better. True. Okay. So her parents pick her up and actually take her to the ER, and that's where she was diagnosed with a concussion. Mm. The same doctor tells them that they have seen other kids with the same thing that has happened to them. <sighs> the skull crusher challenge. Hard pass. Right. The situation became worse though when she went back to school. Students said she knew what was going to happen and she just wanted to be TikTok famous. Oh, whatever. She states, I went from being somebody who loved going to school and somebody 
to somebody scared to go to school every day. Ugh. I was scared that something like this was going to happen to me again. Poor thing. I know. Oh, God. It's awful. Because bullying is also just very traumatic. It is traumatic. She said that she was determined to turn this experience into something positive, though. And in March of 2020, she started an organization called Teaching Kindness Matters. Oh, I love it already. So she worked with TikTok to try to take down videos like the Skull Breaker Challenge. She states, it makes me feel really happy knowing that I'm helping other students not have this happen to them. TikTok is a really powerful tool and can be used for so much positivity. There are so many positive trends that you can participate in. I think the good outweighs the bad, and I just want to keep it that way. Mm. So she turned her experience into a positive one because she did something about it, but still, like, how awful. How awful. How awful indeed. That's the dumbest challenge I've ever heard. Well, I don't know. All of these are terrible. It's not as dumb as the tick, or excuse me, as the duct tape one, mm-hmm. but I would say it's on par with the Benadryl one. So you know... Like, but at least with the Benadryl one, you're doing it to yourself and not someone else is doing it to that's you. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I yeah. sort of feel like her free will got taken out away. Of this, oh, absolutely. Know. Well, even like you said in the beginning, the Tide Pod Challenge, uh, only, I think I read about it, and only like 83 people went to the hospital, which is a small amount compared to, you know, how many the millions. People trying it. Yeah. Or how many people actually did it, I guess. Yeah. I'm trying to say. Um, but still made an impact because everyone talks about it, you know? It's so crazy. Yeah. I have one more story for you. All right. So this is called... Oh, My so favorite the- part is trying to figure out what the challenge is. Okay. Well, I, <laughs> I can't wait for you to figure out this one. So this, uh, his name is uh, Nick Howell, and he's 11 years old. Oh, this is going to be depressing, I huh? Know. It's October 7th, 2020 in Miami, Florida. So Nick's grandfather passed away. So Hmm. their family had a gathering at his grandmother's house and Nick's younger brother and his cousins were outside while their adults were inside. Nick and his other and the other kids were joking about uh, TikToks and talking about the different videos. And there's one clip that they were watching and it's called the fire challenge. Oh, God damn it. Do they set themselves on fire? Do they set themselves on fire? Just tell me right now. Yes, that is what I'm guessing. Or you set someone else on fire. No. Or do you just set a fire, see how long it can blaze for before you tamp it out? Well, the clip is a teen dousing objects with accelerant and lighting them on fire. Oh, my God. Was it gasoline? Were they using gasoline? I don't know. They just said accelerant, so I'm guessing probably gasoline. Oh, my God. Uh, but Nick spots a lighter oh, and wanted to give it a try. No, my uh, brother-in-law, my ex-brother-in-law, burned his face off using with gasoline. Burned his face off? Yeah, he was trying to light a barbecue and use gasoline. And it was, like, partially still warm. Uh-huh. So it ended up igniting, going up the stream of gasoline over and then lit him <gasps> on fire. And oh it literally, gosh. like, his whole face is burned. Oh, like he wouldn't come out of his bedroom. Like, of Aww. course, he saw no medical help whatsoever. What? Yeah, he, he didn't see any medical help. Uh, no, but he no medical help. He hung out in the bedroom with gauze on his face oh, for like a month. My and, gosh. Yeah. And he healed, though. He did heal. So he still has his face technically, but his, it is That's scarred. crazy not seeing medical help. No, he he burned his face bad. Ugh. And from using gasoline, trying to start a barbecue. So don't do it. 
Well, he actually poured a little bit of rubbing alcohol. Oh, that the... doesn't sound good either. He poured it on the concrete outside. Okay, Caitlin. <laughs> We're taking a drink break. This is upsetting. Uh, oh my god. I can't even with your stories I'm today. Sorry. I'm sorry. They're the fucking worst. I'm sorry. That's the dangers of nowadays. Seriously. Yeah, it's you know what? You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Let's Thank fill up you. Yours a little bit. Ooh. All right. Yeah, I'm take a sipper. I gotta take a sipper to fucking get through this. <laughs> it's upsetting. I know. All right. So he poured a little bit of the rubbing alcohol on the concrete outside. He lit it and then put it out. Okay. But the bottle of rubbing alcohol also caught fire, <gasps> and it actually mm. exploded. Yeah, that does not surprise me at all. Nick was scared from the explosion and looks down and sees. He is now on fire, oh, completely God. engulfed in flames. It, probably the rubbing alcohol, like Dripped some or, of the still liquid yeah. made it onto him on fire. Mm-hmm. And now, oh my God. I imagine it burns off quickly, but. I don't know. Now honestly. your clothes are on fire and yeah. your hair is probably on fire. And oh my God. Okay. So he runs to the front of the house, screaming for his parents. His father and two uncles pat him down and sprayed him with the garden hose. Oh, okay. Stop, drop, and roll. That's what they always say. That's what they do say, yeah. The family actually flags down a police officer that is at a nearby school, and the police officer called an ambulance. Oh, gosh. I Nick did. was airlifted to HCA Florida Kendall Hospital. Nick burned 35% of his body. Oh, yeah. That is heartbreaking. And went in and out of the hospital for the next six months. Mm. He had a total of 50 surgeries. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so many. It is. He damaged the nerves in his legs and had to um, relearn how to walk and stand and get dressed. He really caught on fire. He did. That was not a small. No. No. Oh, my gosh. His mother states, his accident opened up my eyes in many ways, but especially in my own parenting. You think you're vigilant, uh, but that's clearly not enough. We have to make our children understand that there are really real life consequences to these challenges. Nick also states, you shouldn't try everything you see on social media. It won't go well. I want to tell people not to be a follower, but to be a leader. Hmm. He looks his mostly his legs that were that were, that were most damaged. severely burned. Yes, um, but he did learn how to walk and do everything. So he's living his life as a normal kid again. But he just has a lot of scarring and such. So oh my gosh, it's so sad. I mean, there's even more dangerous challenges. I was trying to cover one challenge. It's called the blackout challenge. Do you know what that is? I'll give you my guess. Okay. I do not know what it is. Do you like try to strangle yourself until you black out? Yes. That's <sighs> and there has been recently a few kids who have died doing this challenge oh because my God. I mean blocking like they say like when you start to pass out and you come back to it's like this giant high, you uh, know? I don't care. It's just so sad that children are seeing this on social media yeah, and trying just being like, yeah, this sounds like fun. No. Unfortunately, I found no survivors of this challenge. I don't think anyone comes out to say that they survived it because <sighs> but all the ones I found were kids who unfortunately passed away. Oh, and it was so sad to see that. Ugh. And then, you know, as parents, I'm sure 
you could do your best, but with social media, they're going to see it. They're going to hear it from other kids. They're yeah. going to, it's going to get through. So I think just having a conversation about challenges, yeah, viral don't challenges. Do people yeah. die. It happens. Yeah. I mean, you can only pretty... protect them so much, but yeah. it's. Oh, and... I think that tells you the power of wanting to belong. Absolutely. You know, just, oh, absolutely. Uh, and nowadays. Even more so. Even more so. Yeah. Even more so. I agree. Oh. No, it's in a so very sad. Real way. Well, I back in my day, I had MySpace, mm-hmm. and that was my parents had my password. I don't know how much they checked up on me, but they they, they had said, it all. They had it all. They said that they were going to monitor me. Oh so. well, and if you're kidding me, if I had found anything on your MySpace page that was like untoward, I would have been all over your ass. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you would have too. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck is this, Caitlin? <laughs> I'm not having any part of it, and you need to stop. No, Aww. but so I was just, it's just that. So I don't think, because I was bullied so much in school, so I can only imagine, like, being bullied in school and, and go home also, to your safe space and being bullied online. Like, I don't think I would be able to take it, honestly. No, seriously. Like, and with my stalkery-type mm-hmm. tendencies, which I have, <laughs> I would have lost my mind. Like, yeah. I'm in a relationship with my high school boyfriend yeah. and he's like friends with some other chick. No, I would have lost my shit. Well, yeah. And just him been... liking other photos of women. Yeah. Like, like, it's like I would have been obsessed and crazy. And kid, thank yeah. God I didn't have that. No, I mean, exactly. It was bad enough for me as an adult. Yeah. Let alone, you know, it, there's, there's a good and bad side to it. There is a good and a bad and side. And I think it. it can be used like Rebecca said as, uh, or as Olivia said, as positive trends and stuff to try uh but you just have to you just have to find it yeah no it's tough man it's super tough yeah oh gosh so moral of the story please don't do challenges yeah unless they're good so just be careful and yeah yeah. so uh michelle now it's your turn let's hear your story all right well this is no challenge okay (gasps) I don't know, maybe a yoga challenge. A what? A yoga oh, challenge. Okay, that sounds da, da, healthy da. though. Doesn't it does it? sound a little healthier. Yeah. <laughs> maybe these other ones. All right, so this story is about Daniel Miller. Okay. And we are in uh actually I think it's Sydney, Australia, but it's kinda it's Charlotte Bay, which I'm not fully sure where it oh, is. Oh, okay. I'm I think it's uh but Australia. Yeah. Okay. Australia esque is where we're at. I think it's like 200 miles or so from Sydney. Oh, okay. Because that kind of comes up later. Okay. So Daniel met his wife, Saima, quite a few years back. He actually had joined uh, her and a friend of his uh-huh. for drinks on the day that his dog died. Oh. So obviously it's probably a pretty depressing day. Yeah. For him. But when he walked in, Saima was like, this is the kind of man that I could see myself being with. Oh, wow. And I get that. I That is actually pretty much the same reaction I had when I met Joel Aww. at the bar. I was like, yeah, I could see this going down. I'm, I'm enjoying him quite a bit. A few months later, she walked outside of her naturopath practice uh-huh. and saw him waiting outside. And so in that moment, she knew that he would be her partner for life. That's cute. It is cute. And so soon they moved in together, and then in 2007, they found this amazing property in Charlotte Bay, uh, which is along the coast. So Daniel was a qualified builder and a landscaper, 
and they could develop the land into a yoga retreat, which Ooh. is kind of like her dream of always. That's cool. You know? And so one day, and she could also imagine that one day they would have kids running around and all kinds of stuff. So mm-hmm. she really was like, yeah, this is the man for me. So she would often joke with him, don't you die before me. Which, actually, Joel and I have this talk oh, often. Oh, absolutely, you know? yeah. It used to be Joel always said N plus one. So whatever I die, he uh-huh. wants, you know, a year more. Now that has turned into a day more. And then he's like, fuck it, you got to die before me. There's no <laughs> way I could live through your death. I don't know how I lived through his death. Uh-huh. So there it is, in your face. So I guess Sayama's mother had passed away when she was 13. And so she... It was unimaginable for her to be left alone once again. Right. So Daniel promised. Aww. I'll let, you know, you can die first. I will die after Aww, you. Oh, that's sad, but cute. Yeah. Okay. And that's, you know, again, Joel and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a few years later, uh, many of their dreams had come true. Now they had kids They that were nine and four. And oh, the, wow. they made the property on Charlotte Bay their home. Mm-hmm. And even though she was commuting for three hours each week to see her clients still at that naturopath clinic that she had. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a commitment. That's good. I know. Dang. In February earlier, I think this is actually in 2007. So in February of 2007... The kids were at daycare and at a swimming, a school swimming carnival. So Uh I'm not fully sure what that means. It sounds like a field day, but with pools. Oh, okay. Like just a fun time at school. (laughs) Okay. Situation. So Daniel, who was 45 at the time, uh, he thought he would go finish some landscaping around this dam that was about 150 feet away from their house. Okay. So he had been meaning to tidy up this old rock garden that ran along the garden, uh, the dam wall uh-huh. for some time. So he took his excavator mm-hmm. out, which was a three-ton excavator, and he started to shift around some of the larger boulders and plants okay. around this dam. Mm. So it hadn't rained for a long time, and the water on the other side of the dam mm-hmm. was very low. So he's working on the dry side of the dam Okay. And then the yeah. water's just on the other side of the dam, okay. if I that see. makes sense. Yep. So he steered his excavator to the edge of the dam and lowered the bucket to sort of drag out some mud and kind of clean it up. But just then, the excavator sort of started to slide. Oh. And, yeah. It slid with its own weight. And then, you know, it was uh-huh. a pretty heavy excavator. Yeah. But he was used to working with heavy material or heavy machinery. Yeah. And so he wasn't really super alarmed. Like this sort of situation had happened before. Oh, okay. And so what he ended up doing is he quickly lowered the bucket to sort of give him to stabilize the actual excavator from kind of losing, from skipping its tracks and kind of rolling down the hill. Okay. Okay. So he put the bucket on the ground to act as a counterweight and to stabilize everything. Mm -hmm. But what happened was, is he put his bucket down on the wall, mm-hmm. and then uh, the wall of the dam, and then the wall gave way. <gasps> so, oh, no. and then at that point, the excavator slid further in towards the water. Oh, my gosh. So, Daniel, in sheer panic, pushed himself out of the machine, out of the excavator, uh-huh. to try to get out of its way of it falling down into this dam, while the 
water, the wall of the dam is falling and the water is now coming in. Oh my god! So he's just like, ah, abandoned ship. And he like sort of pushed oh, off, jumped, jumped off oh, the excavator okay. to try to get out of the way. Makes sense. But what ended up happening is man and machine both crashed to the ground into the muddy floor of the dam. And so the excavator ended up sort of tipping over uh-huh. onto its side and the roll bar, you know, the sort of the big bar that goes over the top of tractors. Oh, okay, Have you yes. seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in case they roll, they can't, you know, crush the driver. Right. This roll bar rolled directly onto Dan. <gasps> and it rolled onto his lower back, or not his lower back, onto his back just between his shoulder blades. And so now he's pinned underwater. Oh my god! Yeah, no, it's like worst case scenario. Yeah. Like, this is the bad thing that's happening. This would make it worse. That's what happened. This thing is supposed to save your life, but now it's now pinning it's, you. Yeah, now you're pinned to the bottom of the... Here's a poor picture of him. <gasps> like, Oh my gosh! Yeah, you see him just barely head above water. His nose is only above His the water. His nose and eyes are above the water. So... He's like, I've got to get out of here. So he's he's like screaming to himself and he's trying to pull his body forward with all of his might to uh-huh. get himself out of the water. Okay. Because at this point, he's fully submerged in water. So Daniel is trying with all of his might to get his head above water. Yeah. Because he's pinned underneath with his with that roll bar right between his shoulder blades. So he wriggles and squirms until now that roll bar is across his lower back. But he couldn't get his butt out like he couldn't get it past his buttocks so he jammed his hands into the mud and arches his back as much as he can and pushes as hard as he can Mm -hmm. so he can try to get his head above water and so that's That's where he's kind of there now and so he was able to get his full head above water oh wow and so he grabbed a breath of glorious air (laughs) yeah and all he kept thinking was, I can't die first. Aww. Like, I made that promise to my, <laughs> oh my wife. Gosh. I can't let it happen. So Daniel was actually fortunate to have landed facing the dam wall with his chest where the water was only 24 inches deep. So okay. I guess towards the center of the dam, it was actually a little bit deeper. And so if he had been any deeper, he would have not even been able to get his head up. Wow. Out of the water. Towards the center of the dam, that was actually where his legs were floating. Again, in much deeper water. But he couldn't move. And he knew that 24 inches of water was plenty of water to drown in. Oh, absolutely. I mean, more than enough. Yeah. So his arm was sort of wedged under his chest in a push-up position. So he's sort of oh, okay. sitting like this, if you... Yeah. Sorry. As a push-up. Listeners, <laughs> yeah, like you're about to do a push-up. Uh, similar to an upward dog in yoga. Okay. So I guess yeah. he's sort of, I guess he's fully up, just trying to keep his head up. Um, he pushed up with all of his strength, and he could just get his chin up and out of the water. So he had to calm himself. He has been a surfer for many years, and he knew the only way to survive in water was to slow down and think rationally. Okay. Like, he couldn't just have a panic attack and lose his shit and right. then probably drown. So he pushed away the panic and began to think. At this point, the excavator is still running and it's spewing hydraulic fluid and oil and diesel all over into the water. Oh my gosh. So he knew that the oil would eventually flood the engine and then the noise would stop. But what he was worried about is that noise is still alerting people that there's somebody there. 
And if that noise goes away, he'll be, you know, will he be lost? No one will know he's he's there. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. There was no one else on the property. His wife was 185 miles away in Sydney. And Mel, the next door neighbor, who was already 1,600 feet away, would be at that swimming carnival that his kids were at. Oh, my God. So Daniel was cursing himself. Because I guess there was a guy that was supposed to come to mow the grass that day, but he canceled him. <gasps> so there's no, no one coming. No. Oh. So he's like, maybe that guy will come out anyway. Maybe. Are there Amazon packages coming? It's probably, it says couriers. I popped in Amazon. Amazon for sure. He was just hoping, you know, but most likely that wasn't going to happen. So he figured the people who would kind of miss him first uh-huh. were his son's teachers when he didn't show up to pick him up for school. But he figured they wouldn't call around to try to find out what happened to him. <laughs> they would just be like, well, they should go to after school care. Right. And call it good. And then he figured the alarm wouldn't be raised that he was missing until well after six. You know, and oh I think we're gosh. still like in the morning. Oh, right. at this point now it's 1130. Oh my gosh. So, and he figured his neighbor is, or the neighbor that is closest, yeah. isn't going to be home until after three. Right. Could he possibly hold on until then? Oh, my gosh. So, the weight of the roll bar was not evenly distributed uh, along his back. So, he didn't really feel like he was carrying the full weight of the excavator oh, okay. like on his lower back. What he figured is he might be able to dig himself out. Oh. Like, just a small part is maybe perched on him. Right. And maybe he could somehow get his way out. Okay. So, he started, he propped up his body with one hand to keep his head above water. Mm-hmm. And then used his other hand to start digging himself out. Okay. And he was digging underneath his pelvis and his legs and pushing the mud on the bottom of the, you know, on the ground or on the bottom of this dam. Right. Off to the side. When this ended up being a near fatal mistake. <gasps> oh. So the machine ended up sinking further and pinning Daniel even further oh underwater. Oh So now at this point, he can't get his chin above water. He can only get his nose and oh. his eyes above water. So, and pretty much it was all he could do. And he used all of his strength to try to get just even his mouth out of the water and just could hardly do it. And what he realized is that it just wasn't sustainable for more than just a couple minutes. Yeah. He had to conserve his energy because he knew he was probably going to be there for a pretty long time. Yeah. So his options were simple. He could either fight or he could die. If he died, he knew that, you know, his daughters would be coming home from daycare to find out their father had died and, you know, he had promised his wife. They were imagining him... Like, they would see the excavator overturned and maybe his boats or, excuse me, his boots would be floating in the water or something awful and terrible. So he was like, I can't let this happen. So even though it was excruciating, he kept pushing himself high enough to breathe. And he realized there was really nothing else he could do. Yeah. And so what he had done, he was actually not really new to endurance. He had done a lot of open ocean paddle boarding. Oh. Which I guess takes quite a bit of endurance. I'm sure. And so what he decided to do was to break down the time into manageable blocks. Okay. So it'd be super painful for 60 seconds. And then he would allow himself to rest. So what he would do is he would push himself up, 
get into that super high position that was excruciating yeah. for him. Get his Air. mouth and nose above water. Uh-huh. And then he would count to 60. And then at the five second mark, he would sort of let his other arm sort of move around and switch arms. Because he knew he only had five seconds left. Okay. And so he ended up doing this sort of counted to 60 let one arm sort of do its own thing mm-hmm. while the other arm was holding him up for numerous times. Like he just, he would give himself a break every 60 seconds. Yeah. And so he ended up as he just kept on doing this, just break over up his time yeah. into 60 seconds. He would put his mouth up, try to count to 60 and give himself a little break, switch arms, put his head up, count to 60, you know, so eventually the engine did get overtaken by yeah. the oil or whatever, and it ended up sputtering and cutting out, and then it became very peaceful in the dam, he said, because he didn't have the noise of this excavator going. Right. And so with his ears submerged, all he could hear was the rapid ticking of the machine, you know, that you know, after an engine turns off. Yeah, yeah, So the sun was shining on his head. His lips were at the water line. He could see the oil and the fluids floating on the surface. And when debris came too close, he would just sort of blow it away as best he could to try to get it away from him. So for him, the counting worked. For more than an hour, he ended up watching a grasshopper walk up a blade of grass. I mean, he's just trying anything he can to keep himself sane and calm. So he sort of let his thoughts wander and he was playing out different scenarios of how he would be rescued and that type of thing. And he thought about, there was a sump pump that he brought to pump out the dam should he need it. Uh It was just like uh, 300 feet away. It was just like just over there. And if only he could drain the swamp or drain the dam, he would have been saved. And he was like trying to will thoughts into other people's minds and trying to check on me. Yeah. He was trying to uh, work with telepathy to see if someone would pop in and check on him. (laughs) Of course, none of this happened. Yeah. So his main thought above all is like, I cannot let my wife find me dead. Absolutely. After all this. So his wife had often nagged him about taking up yoga. And he was like, whatever, I'm bored. 10 minutes in, forget it, I'm done. So now he's there with his arched back. And what is it, like the cobra stance when you're on your back? And you're like, so he had been doing the cobra stance forever at this point. And his arms, his back was screaming. His arms were throbbing. He's like, has anyone stayed in this position this long before? But he figured it was best not to think about the pain. Right. So time dragged on. The excavator slowly was sinking, and as he's seeing it sink, he's getting more and more panicked. Right. And then he remembered that it was supposed to rain that day. Oh, of course. (laughs) Of course. And, I mean, just a little bit of rain would probably be enough to kill him. Oh, absolutely. Because he could barely get his head, his nose and eyes above water. So he figured he could fight for hours, but there were some things he had no control over. But there was no use dwelling on them, he told himself. Uh, He had to stay calm and make good decisions if he was going to have any reasonable chance of staying alive. It's so hard to stay calm in those circumstances. Are you kidding me? I'd be like, ah, like crying all the time. Like, I drown in my own tears. That's what (laughs) would end up happening. 
So around 2.30 p.m., uh-huh. so many hours later, he has he's still alive, and staying alive has become robotic. Breathe, count, stay calm. Breathe, okay. count, stay so calm. So smart. I know. Smarter than me. His ears were filling with water and oil. He could Ugh. only hear the engine ticking because it was like underwater yeah. with him. And he had no idea where the neighbors were, but he did know he was getting tired. And so he figured he was probably going to have to start calling for help or something soon. But he figured he'd give it a few more 60-second blocks, and then he would try to give it a go. After however many blocks he decided, he decided he started screaming. And he was just, like, yelling at the top of his lungs, help, help, help. Uh, But he realized that that was completely exhausting. Mm. And so it took all of his energy... He was full of adrenaline and bursting with anger, and he struggled to free his pelvis still, but no one could hear him, Ugh. and he could not free himself. Then, out of the corner of his eye, he caught movement. Oh! So he turned his head, and sure enough, it was his neighbor Mel's blue sedan coming along the driveway. He imagined her parking her car, getting out, looking around, and so he pushed himself up uh-huh. and started yelling again. Yeah. And there she was, running around the corner with her phone in her hand. Oh, yay! Oh, I know. And and that's when he knew, I'm going to live. Like, oh, oh thank God, I'm going to live. And so Mel rushed to the edge of the dam, and she's like, what do I do? Yeah. How do I help you? And he's like, ring Reg, which I'm assuming is, an, well, is another neighbor. Yeah. And get all the neighbors and get help. Yeah. Um, and so they called emergency services, but they were 30 minutes away. Oh, my god! So it's going to be a while. But they were able to get a hold of another neighbor uh-huh. that was close by. And within minutes, that other neighbor, Reg, uh-huh. jumped in to the dam or into the water with Aww. Daniel to sort of help keep his head above water. Oh, my gosh. But, um, and then they actually, Mel ran to go get a snorkel and okay. thought that that might help him. Oh, yeah. Um. But apparently it was impossible for him to breathe through the snorkel. I'm not clear why. But then Mel used her phone, which I feel like this is exactly what I would do, to Google what to do when someone is trapped in the dam. That's fair. (laughs) That's fair. And at the top of the list is no one else should enter the dam with you. Because I guess it can cause it to collapse even further. Oh. Um, So Reg got out. Yeah. They're like, I'm not helping him. I'm probably making the situation worse. So he got out. On a nearby property, there was Charles. Oh, I apologize. Diego Tari's. Uh-huh. His pager went off. Okay. So it turns out he was the captain of the local rural fire service. Oh. And so he rang up the station and then someone said he was they were, there was someone trapped under an excavator and he needed to get to the scene right away. So he was just like, it's just up the road, but most likely who I'm going to see is probably dead. Like, this oh, is a terrible yeah. situation. So there was no time to get a fire truck, so he phoned his senior deputy and drove around the corner to the Miller property where poor Daniel is. Mm-hmm. He was the first emergency services officer to arrive, and he could not believe the scene that greeted him. A bunch of people were gathered around the dam, all staring at Daniel's nose and eyes sticking out of the water. Yeah. Which I think is now where we've that, taken how, the picture. That picture, okay. So the fire truck arrived seven minutes later, and it was absolutely priority to get the water out of the dam. Yeah. So what they ended up doing is grabbing that pump that uh-huh. was just 300 feet away and getting it down into the dam and they started pumping that water 
out of there. Oh, good. Okay. And so fortunately, once that pump kicked into action, they were able to get a larger pump hooked up to it. So it's like small pump, big pump, and now we're pumping major water oh, out, of okay. the, out of there. Good, good. So within just a few minutes, the water level dropped below his nose and his ears. Oh, wow. And then he could start hearing what was being said around him. Aww. As it turns out, everyone was super worried about that excavator falling even further into oh. the dam and crushing him even more. So I guess it had fallen onto a boulder and was just like within an inch of falling off the boulder. That's so lucky. Oh, so lucky. It is so lucky. He probably would have been killed. Oh, absolutely. Like drowned immediately. There was this huge three-ton excavator yeah. that was about to slip off this large rock Ugh. right onto Daniel. So police and ambulance began to arrive, followed by fire and rescue, and everyone was there. Daniel watched them as they all approached the dam one by one with a total look of disbelief that Aww. he was still alive. And then as the water dropped, it became clear how incredibly lucky he was. Yeah. He had the boulder not been there, he would have been crushed Absolutely. immediately. And as it was, he was already pinned down to soft mud, but the full weight of the machine was not on him. So the rescue operation ended up taking more than an hour and a half. So emergency services fixed a cable to the boom, and they were able to get the excavator out Oh, my gosh. Okay. And then they were able to get down and sort of clear out the mud underneath him and Uh then get him up and out of there. So they... I'm sure just the excavator... Just away. getting off of him. Yeah. yeah. They pretty much just hauled him out by his shoulders. Oh. So he was completely, he was hypothermic, completely caked in mud, and his lungs and ears were full of oil and diesel. Oh. But he was euphoric. He oh, was I'm sure. alive. Oh, I'm alive. <laughs> so his wife was seeing clients, and he she noticed that she had missed a call from a neighbor, and she was like, I'll call him back. It's yeah. fine. And then she missed a call from another neighbor, and it's just like, that's, That's weird. weird. So she ended up calling someone and they're like, something's happened to Daniel. <gasps> and oh. she could tell by the voice that it was Not serious. Good. Yeah. So she had learned what happened. She was able to remain calm. Uh, Cause she knew Daniel had promised not to die first. So <laughs> yeah. she was banking on that promise. She knew everything would be okay. So she called her mother-in-law um, and then she spoke to the neighbors And it was like the whole community was all working together as one to try to save Daniel. Kids were picked up and taken to Mel's next door neighbor. And his wife jumped in the car and rushed off to meet Daniel at John Hunter Hospital in Newcastle. So Daniel ended up spending three days in the trauma ward. He had swelling on his back and an infection from the fluids he had inhaled. Oh, sure. But otherwise he was unharmed. Wow. Back pain lasted several weeks, and his wife got her wish that he started yoga (laughs) shortly after that to help release the pain of the knots and everything. And before long, he was back to working and surfing. And so they actually looked back at this as a positive experience. Mm -hmm. They were were overwhelmed by the dedication of their local community and the emergency services, and they felt like there was so much negativity in the world at that moment. That this was a story of believing in life and wanting to live. It's all about helping people, helping each other. Absolutely. It's about mateship. That's what I like. Mate. Friendship, Faith and humanity restored. I know. Again. So, oh. so Daniel feels like the luckiest man to be alive. He survived the dam, which was a massive feat of endurance. And he was victorious. He beat all the odds. 
all because he promised his wife Aww. that he would not die first. That's so sweet. Ah, here he is again. No, that's insane. Can you that fucking be- imagine? No, absolutely not. Ugh. Oh my gosh, that's so. like coming up to that is a terrifying sight. Oh, can you even imagine? Like, no. I would just assume he's dead. Yeah, he's absolutely. Dead. Sorry about it. That's terrible, but that's a really good story. That's mm. really unique, Michelle. Oh, I good do what find. I can. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> that's crazy, though. I think that's the important thing about just trying to stay calm. Yeah. I think a lot of negative things can happen if you panic and such, but it's hard not to. It is hard. Like, I'm just in small little situations, and I just want to freak out and panic. Absolutely. But I will say, like, in some of my more dire situations, I would say, like, Mm -hmm. when I poured sugar all over my arm, I stayed super calm. Same thing with the bees. Yeah, and I did stay super calm with the bees, even though I'm getting stung over and over and over and have 30-plus stings on me. You were just just walked walked away away calmly. Because I knew if I freaked out, I would probably have three times the amount of stings. Oh, my gosh. I think our bodies and minds are pretty good under stress. Maybe. Yes, I agree. But, ugh. Still, I know you, and you don't know till you till in that situation. It. Absolutely, yeah. like I said, you can plan as much as you can, but until you're in that situation, you don't know how you're gonna react. Actually, I like to think like if something happened to you and me, mm-hmm. and I was able to get a hold of a baseball bat, I would lose my effing mind on whoever was hurting you. I feel like I that's think, thank you. I think that's what we're. I think in. you would take care of them and actually just keep going, and you'd be like, "I'm a ow, Michelle, ow, it's me now. Yeah. <laughs> just keep going." You're dead. <laughs> you won't hurt my Caitlin. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I beat you up so much, Caitlin. But I saved your life. I was so. trying to protect you. That's what I think yeah. you would do. Are you kidding me? You'd bash anybody's face in. I would. I don't ever want to test this theory. Let's not. But I think I could. Oh, I if it's think life you, or death, I yeah, feel like in one second. You I would think be... everyone could do that, though. Yeah, probably. But I think you in particular. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> could absolutely do it. You're like, uh, oh, I think uh, I could kill someone as well. Thank you maybe, for that. Thank you. <laughs> we're, we're bad people. Oh, no. Oh, God. Uh, well, those are really awesome stories. And, Stay away uh, from fucking challenges. Challenges, That's the... excavators, dams, you know. Yeah, all just, of it. Just stay inside. Maybe <laughs> maybe that's the thing. I know. I took a walk, hurt my yeah. hip. I can't walk again. Well, no, because my story last, uh, the last episode, she was in her house, you know? So, oh, I mean. that's right. Uh, <sighs> now I'm just scared of everything. <laughs> I hope you're happy. Right? I'm so sorry. But people survived. That's the thing. They survived. The fact that you couldn't find that many survivors for the poor TikTok thing is very upsetting. I think people who survived it probably didn't tell anyone, honestly. Like, they they're did like, it. They're like, wow, that was something. And they're like, I'm never going to do that again. Yeah. Or I almost died. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, God. So. Ah. But, okay. Stay safe out there, everyone. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. And please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And, and YouTube. And oh, yeah. I, I forget. We're on YouTube now. Right? And then uh, we'll see you next time. Woo woo! Thank you. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Carp.